Welcome back to Once Upon a Times New Roman, a podcast for writers from writers. I'm Kate Playfair and I'm here with my co-host Becca. Hello world. So today we're going to be diving into a topic that needles quite a few writers. Backstory. Some writers do it really, really well and others really don't. And I think it's a very specific art on how to do it. Yeah, I'm one of those people who definitely have a fun time when it comes to backstories. I always question where do I put in all this information I know about my characters and how do I weave this in in a way that's not going to immediately bore everyone? So on that note, our guest today is Julie McCann. She is our head of program um, in the journalism world, um, and she's great. She's written plenty of things, and in journalism, you spend a lot of time on the backstories of how the details work and how everything goes. So without further ado, tune in your writing brains. Let's create. So Julie, can you introduce yourself to the lovely audience that's listening to us today? <laughs> Hello, audience. <laughs> um, my name is Julie McCann. Uh, I'm the co-coordinator of the Ooh. program with our with your professor, my colleague John Willing. Uh, I have been teaching at the college for oh many moons now, <laughs> many moons. <laughs> And uh, I'm very happy to be here with you, you two fine hosts today. Okay. Looking forward to the chat. Perfect. Very happy to have you here. Yeah. So um, as a writer, how do you strike a balance between providing enough backstory to engage the readers and avoiding overwhelming them with detail? Mm, what a great question. Now, I'm, I'll also preface this by saying I, I, I do not have a, a made-up story in my in one cell of my being, and I, I, <laughs> I daydream and fantasize about such things. Um, so everything that, in terms of the kind of writing I, I do and have done, the kind of writing I aspire to do, um, it's all, it's all, it's. I love narrative applied to, to, to real stories that already exist, right? So I'm, I have the benefit of always working with what is. Now, there's still the conscious awareness that you're always walking a reader through a story. And, and so you can't overwhelm them. It's, it, I do follow, you know, the Williams and Sir hanging on to your writer by the elbow and guiding them through a piece. And, and, you know, that playfulness of revealing just enough to keep them moving, that can happen in nonfiction, it can happen in fiction. Um, it's just a question of what do I, um, I, it's like there's two things happening at the same time when I'm, when I'm writing or when I'm reading. That's, okay, when I'm writing. Uh, I can't forget that I have this elbow in my hand that I'm walking through the story. And so just being nice and compassionate and slow with them, but also aware that they're, they're reading for fun and for pleasure, right? So I have no problem, you know, keeping, keeping some facts and some information and some story away for the pure pleasure of knowing they'll really enjoy it when I'm going to reveal it further down the line because okay. it's a relationship we have. Okay, cool. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to think of it as you're like you're being led into the backstory as well as, you know, you're leading your reader there at the same time, right? Which is I, it's cool. I always love the like practical tips like that, right? Because you can sit there <laughs> and you can actually go, hmm, okay, interesting. This is going to help me so much further down the line. I'm cataloging all of it. Exactly, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, so how would you establish a connection between the main story and the backstory to create a more seamless and kind of engaging setting? Well, it's it's tricky because I'm now, I'm thinking of myself as a reader and myself as a writer. So do I love a, a very sophisticated um, fiction writer who can be telegraphing 
uh, incredible nuance and 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 hints and clues. Oh my gosh, yes. But my little brain isn't that sophisticated and isn't that. <laughs> so for for me, it, I I do think a lot about in terms of of, of structure, and it, it is like very much the we're in the now, and now we're going to digress, and we're going into the backstory. Okay. We're going into so it's 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 it would be probably clunkier <laughs> than a more sophisticated. <laughs> Uh, writer maybe maybe doing okay so they're separate it's like we're we're moving in time and place so now we're in the now so right now for example I'm reading uh, Ann Patchett's Tom Lake Mm -hmm. and so she's recounting it's a it's a pandemic era book she's in an orchard with her three daughters and she's recounting um, uh, uh, an amazing love story she had as a, young, as a young woman to her her family that's all kind of isolating together during COVID. And so she's moving back and forth between the beauty of the now with her daughters in this orchard and this backstory that she's unf- unfolding for them. So for me, this kind of tidy structure works super, super well, right? Like I'm here or I'm there. And uh, Ann Patchett also writes a lot of beautiful nonfiction. So she is one of my favorite authors, but it's because of this. Like she really has this. Now she does play with magic realism, but she does a lot of nonfiction as well, which suits my tidy temperament. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sometimes when like description is just kind of dumped, it's just too much. So I like the the spreading out of the the backstory and the now and. I think some authors do it really well and others really don't. <laughs> right. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> so for writers looking to enhance their storytelling with backstories, what advice or tips would you offer? So there's lots that we can talk about like, that from a structural perspective. There's just, you know, and I know I'm sure lots and lots of your guests uh, here are, are repeating the same thing, so I don't want to be boring, but it's like it's reading a lot of really different uh, authors and and how they handle this to see what suits you best, right? Because as I said, some kind of you know, as you you, you know, you read a, a, a lot, you think a lot about writing. Um, so much of it is wired into the beautiful chaotic temperament of a different writer, right? So some folks can overlay many things at the same time, whereas some other brains we do require what we're talking about, where it's. Uh, not a division, but a tidier separation <laughs> between backstory and, and and present. So I don't know. I think my tip is just reading a whole lot of, of different authors actively. Like, you know, that kind of active reading where you're lost in the book as pleasure, but then you are also like, oh, my gosh, I have a pen and note, a notepad and a pen beside you where you're kind of sketching out the structure and the tips that you're picking up as a practitioner mm-hmm. along with being a reader at the same time. Okay. That's, I'm going to have to try that now. Usually when I'm writing, I'm just so engrossed in the story. I totally forget to do that. And then I have to go back and like reread it because I was like, oh, oh, this is how they did that plot twist. That's how they revealed this detail, right? Which is like kind of the fun part of reading something and learning about it, right? I read with a pencil and, okay. a, and, and a pack of sticky notes. Oh, Whoa, annotating. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes so sense. I'm always flagging little things. Now, am I diligent about going back and recording everything I flagged? No, but I generally can, rem- you know, you get that feel of where it is. So yeah. on my, my little, little zones in my house where I tend to read, I have like a little flag of sticky notes. I have my, always pencil. Like I'm not a monster. I'm not going to pen in my book. But, <laughs> oh, I will be underlining with my, pe- my, my books are, are loved, oh, okay. are loved. Oh, God. <laughs> and so you don't lend your books out to people very often. 
I lay my books out a okay. lot. I do actually, and I and there'll be times where you'll feel like, but because as you know, when you lend a book, you you have to lend it with the spirit of it potentially not be coming back. Oh yeah, to you yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So it's it's in the spirit of generosity. But you will be like, where did that book go? Oh yeah, I think it's on so and so's shelf or not. Or not. I, I repl- yeah. end up having to replace them. Yes. Oh, God. Whatever. I'm such a gatekeeper when it comes Are to you? my books. My siblings can borrow them, but I swear if they come back damaged, <laughs> that's going to be a problem for me. I was going to say, the last time I, well, and it wasn't even I lent the book out. I read um, one of the books I recommended in this series, A Shadow mm-hmm. and Bones, and I loved it. I made the mistake of telling my little sister I loved it. She now has the books. I do not. She lives quite far <laughs> sure. away from me. So I um, was like, oh, oh, on FaceTime. I'm like, those those, those are my books. That's where that went. And she's like, yeah, it's so weird. They just ended up here. Okay. They just ended up here. And I'm like, I'm going to get them back, right? She's like, no. So now I have to go replace a whole book series. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Right? That happens. That but happens. you know what? You've done good in the world. Yeah. That's I, the thing, I right? I spread some more books around mm-hmm. the world, right? So yeah. nothing terrible. <laughs> okay. So our last question that we have for you of the day, um, based on kind of what we discussed, the backstory, what book would you recommend to our listeners? Oh, okay. Well, I have been fangirling this book for the last year. So um, it is called A Swim in the Pond, A Swim in a Pond in the Rain. And it's by an author called George Saunders. He's a short story writer. He teaches um, fiction writing at, oh my goodness, I want to say University of Florida, but it's not. He's Southern U.S. Um, But he's also just like a kooky playful wacky dude so swim in the pond in the rain is uh where george saunders is he's touring us as if we are are his students but also his fellow readers his fellow storytellers through um i'm going to say five five or six short uh russian stories so george does not speak russian so he's working with translations and in the first couple of stories He's sort of teaching you how to read and how to write at the same time. So he's taking these great five really powerful, incredibly Russian temperament, like the Russian (laughs) authors, and he uses these as teaching tools. Some could find it annoying because he's going to interrupt the story every once in a while and say, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. I want you to just notice what Chekhov has just done here for a second, okay? Why would he have done this? Why would he have introduced the character this way? What is he trying to show you with this setting? What is he trying to suggest when he used languages like language like this? For both story lovers and writers, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Maybe it sounds a bit homeworky when I explain it that way, but... <laughs> George is just a very funny, kooky guy, and I find the same uh, from his his fiction as well. He's got a he won, oh my! We'll look him up. Have a have a look at, at George, and you'll you'll see he's a, he's a funny fella. Cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was expecting a little bit of homework at the end of Sorry. this. Sorry. Yeah. Him, right? <laughs> You're staying true to character. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Can't help myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> Always assigning us work. <laughs> Well, that's okay. <laughs> it's valuable work. Exactly. This is work we use, right? Not well, that we don't use anything else. I but just yeah. know how curious you both are. You just <laughs> can't stop. <laughs> All right. Well, we're about to wrap up. Thank you, Julie, for coming in today. It was a pleasure. Yeah, we very much appreciate it. Thank you. It was lots of fun. Thanks. Thanks very much, Dean. I love the practical tips of stuff, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, Julie's been teaching us for a number of years at this point, And the best thing about the classes is just that here's how to do this practically, not necessarily just like here's a book to read and kind of figure out in your own time, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was great. Yeah, I really liked what she said about like, 
pacing and yeah. you know really putting your backstory in specific spots right and stuff like the part where she's like oh you're being guided like a hand on your elbow and weaving it in I love that I love that I love that I'm gonna really act I've been thinking about it since she said right? that and, and <laughs> as per the end of every one of our episodes we go hmm hmm I want to go right yep I yeah. want to go right I guess that's the point of this right well, but who knows maybe we will today yeah well, well I see. am now yeah mm-hmm. what so what's your book recommendation based on our backstory so my book recommendation is the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid I read okay. it recently it's about I literally thought this person was real. She's not. She's a fictional character. But it's about this movie star who, like, who did a ton of movies. She's super famous. She's beautiful. Her whole life, she's been very private about her past, about her personal life and whatever, because she's an actor in Hollywood and, you know, the press. The press can take it and spin it. Yep. So the story is her telling her, telling this journalist her life story because she's like I I am entrusting you with this information do what you will and the way it's introduced because you're introduced to the Evelyn Hugo of the present time yeah and you have no idea who she is and she's very mysterious and has all these little quirks that you don't understand and she keeps hinting at certain things and then you get the chapters that are her that are her story Okay. And it's just a very interesting way. I've I've very rarely seen an author uh, tell a backstory in this way. Okay. And I just think it was brilliantly done. Ooh, it is on my to be read pile. Oh, perfect. Now, which is great. My book recommendation, I feel like it's probably already been read by you because we've had this discussion before, but Harry Potter. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I know Harry you, Potter. You are a huge Harry Potter fan, so oh I was kind of excited. God. I got to talk about this. But for backstory, the first Harry Potter book was so good about weaving in the different things that happened in the past. Because, like, it, it's a very popular book, so I don't think I'm going to be spoiling much of anything. No. Right? <laughs> but when Harry goes to Hogwarts first, he doesn't really know anything about his past, about his parents. And it's slowly revealed through little details, through little scenes, that Voldemort came in and killed his parents. Yeah. Right? And then... The rest of the series kind of does this a little bit too, but book six was also very, very good. Oh, I agree. Right? You actually probably know more about this than I do at this <laughs> point because I haven't read it for a few years, but oh, I think you sleep with this book. I have two different versions of the series, <laughs> okay. and I listen to the audiobooks so often. I know that quite literally cover to cover. Okay, nice. Well, that's it for today. We're just about to wrap up. You can find us on Once Upon a Time's New Roman.transistor.fm or on Spotify or on a lot of different uh, platforms now. We, we're on Deezer. We're on Google Podcasts. You can you can find all of that on our website. Yeah, thanks for listening. And remember, every story is worth being told. <laughs>